like everybody's in a good mood. Everybody's happy. That's great. And what an amazing church. Let's all stand together. Go to Genesis chapter 3 if you have their Bible. And let me just minister today what I feel for us today. Today we're going to talk about the call of God and we're going to talk about the journey from when God began to call people out. And today I believe the Lord's going to call people out in this service. And I really do. I think the Lord's going to bless today and call to us today. Let me show you for inspiration in the scripture the beginning of getting called out. Genesis 3 and 6. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Verse 8. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Now make sure you, this is standing out to you. Adam and Eve can tell where God is. They know where God is. Okay? So that's something that's very important because these are the first people to sin. These are the first people to hide. And I want you to notice, even though they're not right with God, they still know where he's at. Knowing where he's at doesn't mean you're in the right place. And that, that, you know how you read the Bible every year, you see something new? <laughs> That's what I saw this year. Is that they could recognize and know Him. But look what God doesn't know. Right? Let's keep reading. The Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? So you can know where God's at and God not know where you are. You know what verse jumps out to me when I, when I read that? Is one day when the door is shut and we're knocking, people are going to be knocking to get in, but it's too late. Jesus is going to say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, because I never knew you. You're going to say you know me, and I'm going to say I don't know you. And so we're seeing in the very beginning, we're seeing this first problem where people who are stuck and hidden Know a lot about God, but God doesn't know a lot about you. And so I don't want to just know where God is. I want God to know where I am. And for God to know where we are, while we're hiding, we've got to speak up. Because the call to the hidden thing, the goal is to reveal you and heal you. The, revol is to get, the goal is to get you out of hiding. So that things can shift and change in your life. The call is not to embarrass you. The call is to save you. Let me go a step further. The call is the confidence of God that you're coming out. The call is the confidence of God that you're not stuck in your sin. The call is the confidence of God that you may be trying to hide, but God's going to seek after you and try to find you and pull you out of whatever you're in. This is the first call of God in the Bible. First call. Somebody said the first call. And he said in verse 10, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Genesis 4 and 8. Now Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass that when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. And the Lord said to Cain, the second call in the Bible, Cain, where's your brother? He's now hiding from me. There's a lot of questions in the beginning of the Bible, isn't there? And Cain says, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? Got a little smart aleck with God. Genesis chapter 12 and 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land I will show you. Call number three. A lot of calling going on in the beginning of Genesis. God is very intentional about getting us out of our atmosphere so that we can flourish and grow and have life. And I think that the God call is incredible. And I know many people have been scared of getting called out, but I'm not scared of it. Because the call of God is the confidence that something good can come from my mess. I want to be called out. I want God to reach in to my hiding place. I want God to do whatever it takes to shake me. 
And so today I want to talk a little bit about you need to be called out. You need to be called out. It's all good. Everybody say in Jesus' name. You can be seated today. Need to get called out. <clears throat> Church is not like it was back in the day. I hear stories. I've heard some good stories, some funny stories. I think they're funny. You've got you to gotta laugh to keep from crying sometimes. But I've heard some funny stories about people going to Pentecostal churches back in the day and getting called out. Anybody know what that means when I say that? <laughs> that has a different connotation to different people. But there have been some times, a little old church somewhere in the country, where one of the saints wasn't doing right. And the pastor finally had enough of it. And, and uh, he may or may not have called that person out from the pulpit. And the whole church looks at you. Like, what you going to do now, buddy? You got called out. Sometimes you can't get through to people. Sometimes you, sometimes you just can't find where they're living. You just got to call out. Sometimes you just got to call out, and sometimes it can be embarrassing. I'm not really talking today about that, though, because I do not believe that we should ever call people out to embarrass them. The point of calling somebody is not to ever feel more important or to make them be ridiculed or embarrassed in a crowd. But you call them out because of confidence that God has better things for them. And so I'm not really talking about that. I am talking about when God calls. And I know that God uses men and God uses us to call. We'll talk about that later. But, but just in the beginning, the first call of God was, was asked where humanity was hiding at. That's the first call. Everybody said the first call. Adam and Eve were called out. They were hiding. They were literally trying to hide from God. I guess they did not know him like that. You can't hide from God. But interestingly enough, God said, where are you? And it's not because God did not know where Adam and Eve was. God was trying to prove a point. If you want to hide from him, he'll let you. And how do you hide from God? You sin. Disobedience hides you from God. But here's the cool thing. The grace of God still comes into disobedience and gives you a chance to get out. So while God may not literally or technically see you, God can still speak to you. Is anybody glad God can still speak to you when he can't see you? There have been times you didn't know if God could see you, and maybe he couldn't because of your choices, but you can hear him. And his word comes forth, and he will call into the darkness, into the hidden things, into the tree cover, and he's hoping that you'll respond so that he can engage with you, heal you, and cover you. So the first call in the scripture is Adam and Eve, and Adam and Eve were called out of their personal sin against God. Number one, the first call was you've sinned, you've messed up between you and God, but God is going to send a call out there to see if you'll answer, to see if you'll notice, to see if you'll respond. Thankfully, Adam and Eve responded to the call. Now, something is wrong, something is terribly wrong when you're hiding from God. Some people say, well, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if this is me he's talking about, but here's how you can know. Something is wrong whenever you don't want to get close to God. Something's wrong. And you know you sin when you don't want to get close to God or to spiritual things or to godly things. You know you're hiding and not ready to get help whenever you're, you're, you're sinning and you're not trying to get around God or God's people or the church. Sometimes people missing church is because they're secretly sinning. And they don't want to be around God. That's sometimes, what it, sometimes it's not they're offended by you or me or anything else. It's not the air conditioning or the heat. It's not the music that's too loud. It's just that they're sinning on the side and they're hiding. And people that don't want to get help, they're not going to get help as much as we love them. God will let you hide. But there has to be a call to hidden things. We do not just let hidden things stay hidden. There has to be a call of grace go forth to the things that are trying to hide themselves. So Adam and Eve could notice God moving, but they could not note, but, the, but God could not notice Adam and Eve moving. And I thought that was so important to notice today, that Adam and Eve could tell God is moving, but God could not tell where Adam and Eve was at. I want God to know where I'm at today. And the reason why God probes is to see if you want out. The reason why God calls your name is to see if you want out. 
The reason why God makes you a little uncomfortable and He calls to you is because He's given you grace to get out of hiding and let Him start a process of restoration in your life. So the call of God is the grace of God. But the first call in the Bible is a call that is personal. You and God. The second call is a call that asks the question, where's your brother? Or God, why would you ask me about my brother? Why don't you go ask him? Why are you talking to me about my brother? Shouldn't you be asking my brother about where he is? Why are you talking to me? Because Cain killed Abel. And God called out Cain. He thought he'd get away with it, but you can't get away from it. God knows everything. And God called out and said, Cain, I'm going to give you a chance to confess. What's going on with your brother? The first call is personal. The second call is how you're treating your brother. The first thing we need God to do is call us out. The second call we need is God to help us call us out of hurting our brothers. Because all the law and the prophets hinge on these first two commandments. To love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, and strength. And to love thy brother, thy neighbor, as thyself. There are first two calls. Everything hinges on those two calls. God needs to call me out of my selfish sin. And God needs to call me out of hurting my brothers and my sisters. Those are the first two calls. The third call of God, in my opinion, is when God called to Abram and said, I'm calling you out of your father's house. Why would God do this? Because God always has to get you out of your environment to become God in your life. He will always try to call you out of your environment to do a work in you. He'll call you out of hiding. He'll call you out of murder. He'll call you out of even your father's house. But I think what's happening here is God is noticing that the family connection is broken and letting people stay with broken people and broken families is going to continue to keep people broken and the only way to stop the bleeding and stop the suffering is to get people away from carnal family long enough to walk with a holy family and so the Lord wanted to transition Abram from an earthly father to a heavenly father call him out of his home life into a holy life because the only way for God to start something in your life is to call you out of what's holding you back third call that God did in the Bible is he called a man away from his own daddy. Because we end up wanting to be just like our dad. Some of you are like, I didn't have a dad. Are you going to be there for yours? Because a lot of absent fa- a lot of absent fathers have created absent fathers just like your dad. It's incredible how we end up just like our earthly fathers unless we are willing to leave them and walk with a heavenly father. God said, I cannot start something brand new if you're attached to your father. I cannot start something brand new in your life if you're attached to your earthly father. You've got to walk away from the provision and security and safety of the family business. You've got to come to me, and I will make you even more blessed than your own family business. If you walk with me, I will. Abraham became the richest man of his time because he left his father's house. There's a lot of money when you stick with family. When you stick with family, you can work together. You get that lineage, you get that passed down inheritance, but you better make sure you take care of mom and dad. If they got money, they ain't going to leave it with you. Talking to somebody right now. You treat them disrespectful, they will pass you up, go to your kids. Put it in a trust fund. When they're 18, you can't touch it. They'll give it to crazy, crazy uh, cousin Larry or something. They'll do something to shock your socks off. But, man, your family connection can hook you up, but can also hold you back. And the third call that God did that was major in the Bible was he called people away from their own homes and their own families and own traditions and own cultures because God is trying. He's always been trying from the beginning to call us out. We don't like it, but it's the best thing that ever happened to us. I thank God for his call. 
I thank God for what I'm trying to hide. He calls me out. I thank God when I'm hurt my brother. He calls me out. I thank God when my family's holding me back. He calls me out. I can't break up the family. Family's important. God, God, he debunked that theory right here in Genesis. Right here in the beginning of Genesis, he debunked that theory of family is number one. He said, Abram, you're going to come with me. Everywhere you go, I'm going to bless you. Everywhere you walk, I'm going to bless you. And what's this? The, the fourth thing that happens is when God begins to call people, he doesn't just call people, but he'll call you out of your own name. Because the Bible says that God changed Abram's name, which means the father, to Abraham, which means the father of many. And so now we got God going around changing folks' names because he's trying to completely detach you from your old identity. He's trying to completely detach you. from. That's why when I'm baptized... In the name of Jesus, I get a brand new name on me. Look at the call of God. God has been trying to get us out for, from everything from the beginning. So now we, have, now we have God going around changing folks' names. So like, no, it's Abraham from now on. You can put that on your birth certificate. Change it. I'm changing your name. Because sometimes you need to get called out of your own name and get a new identity. Sometimes you just need to get a new name. I'm different now. That's not who I am. I'm not like my dad. I'm not like my history. I'm not like my heritage. I'm not even the same man that I used to be. Sometimes God will go around changing names. Remember when Jacob's name was changed? Yeah, his name meant deceiver. It meant deceiver. I'm so glad that he changed his name. How embarrassing is that? And he wrestled with God and the angel wrestled at night, and God said, the angel said, you know what, I'm going to change your name. No longer will your name be called Deceiver, but from now on I'm going to call you Israel, which means the prince. God is all about calling us to try to separate us from the thing holding us back. It's uncomfortable sometimes when God calls you. Simon, he was the disciple of Jesus, and his name was changed. And Simon's name meant to listen. But then Jesus decided, because, I mean, when you're God, you can do what you want. Isn't that funny? What if I just walked up to Dante by Stephen? <laughs> I don't want to be racist and be like, Jerome, you know, I don't say. <laughs> you know, you can't, I can't win either way these days, you know. I say Jerome racist, even racist, either way I'm racist. What, what if I just walked up to somebody, I was just like, you know what, from now on, Matthew, calling you Gertrude. Gertrude means highly favored with God. <laughs> no, Gertrude in the Greek means greatly humbled. <laughs> Why don't you just walk around just, just calling people with different names? So Jesus, Jesus, God, he just does stuff like he just walks around and says, you know, from now on I'm calling you this. And I, okay. So Peter, he was changed Simon's name to Peter. And Peter means rock. So he, he shifted him from someone who sits around just listening all the time to someone stable. Someone who takes everybody else's word and someone who just gets one word. He said, I'm going to call you what you're going into. I'm going to call you out of what you are into something new. So God, there's a history in the Bible of God just changing stuff, calling people all the time. So the fourth thing God does is God will start changing your name and calling you out of your name. And then I like to say that the fifth one is when we see the call of ministry. God doesn't just change you, but God calls you to use you. And we see the God calling to Moses, just a regular guy, first of his kind. And God says, Moses, I'm going to make you a deliverer. And here's what you're going to do, Moses. You're going to go say this to Egypt. Let my people go. The man now takes on the identity of the God. And now the man begins to speak to things that are bound, be loosed. And now when ministry begins to unfold in the Old Testament, men take on the attribute of their God and they walk into Pharaoh's courts and say, now I'm telling you, I'm calling the people out. From now on, these people are coming out. From now on, by the authority of God, Jehovah, I'm telling you, Pharaoh, I'm telling you, world, I'm telling you, darkness, let God's people go and now the men become the caller see the transition in the bible where god is is not just calling people out he's calling people out to get people called out and god did not just call you out for you he called you out to call others out god did not just call god wants to make you a caller 
God wants to call you out so that you can call out. God wants you to replicate what he did in your life for somebody else. God wants you to get out there and find somebody bound and speak to them and say, it's your time, my friend. It's your time to come out of darkness. It's your time to come out of bondage. God wants to call you out so you can call others out. Of course, getting called out can be a bit embarrassing at times. Because there's times I'll be minding my own business, and I'll be trying to hide and blend in. And we can be at Disney World with the youth group. And everybody's walking around in a crowd being like, hey, Brother Green! There's 30 of them calling, hey, Brother Green! I'm like, stop. People think we're a cult. How many, how many children are in this family, and why is everyone referring to you as their brother when they're half your age? What is going on with your parents? That's right, my father's been busy. The church is growing. And I just want, in those moments, there were times I just wanted to go hide. Because there's nothing more embarrassing than being in a line full of people and all these people calling you Brother Green. And everybody's just looking at, what? Why are they saying that? You just know they're thinking it, you know? And we, we don't exactly blend in already as a kind of crowd. <laughs> you know? We kind of we stand out a little. Yeah, at least our ladies do. And, and they're looking at us, and I'm just like, no, I want to go hide. Because sometimes getting called out can be very embarrassing. Or then when you're at the food window and they're like, what would you like? And you get your order and they're like, okay, we'll call your name when it's ready. And all of a sudden they're on the loud mic. You know those loud mics. Kurt Green, your order a large cheesy fries. Jumbo Dr. Pepper's ready. Kurt Green, large cheesy fry. Who has the large cheesy fry? Kurt! Kurt, you're the one. Yeah, I'm the one that had all the calories. <laughs> Thank you. Sometimes you can get embarrassed when people call you out over the entire restaurant speaker. And I thought he was supposed to be trying to lose weight this week. <laughs> Nobody enjoys being called out. It can be very difficult. But Jesus was known to call people out from time to time. In fact, he called 12 specific disciples out to follow him. And I don't think it was done via email, text or DM, it seems like it was done when a bunch of men were fishing. Can you imagine that? You're out there on the boat, having a good time with the bros, and this random preacher shows up and says, Simon, I'm calling you to stop doing what you're doing for life and follow me. You know that crazy guy? No, I don't know who is this guy. And we, we think that this calling out thing shouldn't happen in church. And we think that it should just be like private and hey, don't embarrass me. But I, I've seen a pattern. The most embarrassing call outs produce the greatest anointings. I've noticed the pattern when I study this, this idea of calling out. And I'm kind of getting to a point where I'm like, call me out. Because every time somebody gets called out, something major good is about to happen in their life. I rarely see people getting called out and it ends up bad. Why in the world would you not want to be called out today by God? So sometimes it's in front of others and sometimes it's not in private. Sometimes it's not in an office somewhere. Sometimes it's just right in the middle of the crowd, God will call you out. He did regularly, though, to be fair, call out the religious Jews who were trying to kill him. And he did get a little bit aggressive with them. But if someone's trying to kill you, you get a little more aggressive. I think that's probably fair. We're not going to be mad at Jesus for that. If a mob of people wanted to kill you and they said that you're not who you think you are and they think you're crazy and they call you devils, you may get a little, a little defensive. And there were times in the scripture where Jesus would call out and say, uh, you guys are a bunch of vipers. And this was not to embarrass them. 
This was done to respond to the wickedness that they were spewing. He even said, you religious people are like whitewashed tombs. But this was not what Jesus was looking to go do. He didn't wake up that day and say, I'm going to go look and embarrass somebody because I have authority. Of, of, I have all the authority. I'm going to go try to embarrass somebody in a crowd today. That was not the heart of God. The heart of God is never to go walk around and use their power to hurt somebody or abuse somebody or embarrass somebody. But if you notice in Scripture, the only times Jesus had to get rough with someone was when they pinned him in the corner. He never went looking for it. Jesus doesn't want to embarrass anybody in this room. So, so let me say it like this. There's two times Jesus would embarrass or call people out. One was people trying to kill him, put him in a corner, and, and lock him in. And when you do that to Jesus, don't be surprised if he responds. He is God of the universe. The other, this is the kind Jesus likes, is when he's calling you out and makes you a little uncomfortable because he wants to bless you. That's what Jesus tries to do. Jesus does not want to embarrass you. He does not want to go around the church calling you vipers. You know, and sometimes as ministers, I, I see that and I'm like, well, Lord, I want to be just like you. I want to call people vipers too. How many of you ever had that thought? You're like, well, I have a spirit. And you look at your wife, you're like, you're a, you're a sweet, sweet Christian woman. I love you so much. Sometimes you got that spirit inside of you. And you're like, but Jesus did it. And, and it's like, well, Jesus threw over tables. So I can throw phone books, <laughs> throw phones, throw knives. Remember that one, sweetheart? And, uh, yeah. So, sometimes we get a little out of balance with this calling stuff out because we're like, that's right, that's right, I got the Holy Ghost in me. I'm about to go tell them a piece of my mind. That's. That's not contextual, that's not accurate, and that's not the spirit of Jesus. So, I mean, we got to be a little careful because sometimes we get tempted to, to act like Jesus. It's funny how to act like Jesus when we like it. It's like we act like Jesus when we get to tell everybody off. We don't act like Jesus when we die on the cross. It's like, uh, I don't know what to do. I don't. You know, I'm going to act like Jesus today. I'm going to go tell everybody in the church. I'm going to tell my family, you're a viper, but I'm not going to act like Jesus and go die on the cross. You know? we, get, we get to cherry pick ones we like. We have to be careful on this subject, and while we're dancing in these waters, I just want to make sure it's clear. You got to be careful with your words. That just because you call stuff out, you got to do it with the right spirit. And calling out your wife and your husband and your kids because they don't know and they need to know. And Jesus called them vipers, and I'm gonna go let them have a piece of my mind. You're missing the whole context of it. When Jesus was under threat by religious zealots and crazy religious people, he would tell them the truth about them. But he didn't do it in a bad spirit. He didn't do it in listening. He didn't do it to fight them. He was letting them know, you guys are so wicked. Chasing me down all the time to try to make me trip up on my words. You're nothing but wicked vipers is what you are. He wasn't trying to roast them or embarrass them. You know, if you call somebody in public, don't be surprised if they respond to you in public. If you call out Jesus in public, he's going to say something to you in public. He's not trying to embarrass you. Hey, it's free game. You're going to shout across the room. They might shout back. But the intention of Jesus is not to embarrass people, even though sometimes you are embarrassed. His goal is to call you out of what's killing you and bless you. I think that we need to resurrect calling out again in the church, but the right kind. Because there's a lot of people afraid that we'll go back to those days where the preacher had a little power trip and he wanted to feel powerful and exert his authority over people. But that's not the spirit of Jesus. If you get called out, it's for your good. Now, let me just talk about more where we do it. You walk up to a brother or sister at the church and say, hey, I've been feeling this in my heart for you. That's the same thing. I want to pray for you. You know what you're thinking? Well, everybody's looking at me. Everybody thinks something's wrong with me. I'm getting called out in front of everybody, aren't I? Only good things are going to happen. We're not trying to hurt you. That brother or that sister is not trying to hurt you. 
that brother and that sister is trying to reach out to you because they feel a blessing for you. They're trying to help you. Nobody is trying to hurt you, and you've got to get that in your spirit. We cannot avoid each other, confrontational uh, awkwardness. We can't avoid that. Our God has a spirit of get in the face of Pharaoh and call and command, change the break. We cannot be a passive, laid-back people. We've got to resurrect that part of God that says, I'm not sitting back watching people around me die, watching people around me suffer. I'm going to get engaged, get involved, and I'm going to call to people. But let's keep the right spirit. Because I don't want to hurt or embarrass anybody. I don't think that we should be looking for religious fights. But sometimes we have to speak up in the right spirit. Speaking of controversial call-outs, interestingly enough, eventually, Jesus even called out his great mighty disciple, Peter. He called him out directly. But when I begin to study all the people Jesus called out, I find that Judas was not directly called out, and he's plotting to kill Jesus. And I thought, well, of all the people you don't call out, you ought to call out Judas. Judas needs to be called out like 10,000 times. If I read your mind that you want to kill me, I'm going to wait till Sunday morning. I'm going to tell the ushers who you are before church, and I'm going to have them behind you. I'm going to get in the microphone and we'll say, this man wants to kill me. And I'm going to let everybody know your little secret thoughts because you're dangerous. But Jesus doesn't call out Judas. But he does call out Peter. Peter's like, I'll fight for you. He's like, no, you little Satan is what you are. I can't believe you called me that. I thought you loved me. Think about it for a second. There's a time where, where Jesus is like, yeah, I'm going to go through some tough times. I may even have a die. Peter's like, no, no, no. I got your back. This is the east side, Jesus. You hear me, Jesus? This is the east side, okay? I got your back. Ain't nobody taking you out. Look at this. Look, I'm packing. I got a knife. <laughs> it's like that's all they had back then. <laughs> Butter knives, little, little knives. I got you, Jesus. Ain't nobody trying to take you out. And would you believe right there in front of everybody, he looked at him and said, I rebuke you. Get thee behind me, Satan. I, I gave up everything to serve you. You're going to call me out like that? I'm willing to die for you. You're going to call me out like that? All I'm trying to do is help you. You're going to call me out like that in front of everybody? How could I have a ministry after this? You'll see what's happening here? Some of us would have been long gone. We'd have left Jesus, left church, left, never come back. But remember I told you earlier? He who takes the greatest call out gets the greatest anointings. He who handles the most correction gets the most blessing. Jesus knows who he can call out and who can take it and who can't. I'm going to tell you, Judas can't take it and Judas ain't going to change either way. God does not waste his time calling out Judas. Because Judas ain't going to listen anyway. So Judas is going to be Judas, and Judas is going to do what he does. And calling him out is not going to help change anything. It's just going to shift a little, but still Judas will betray you. You will die because of Judas. And furthermore, Judas is part of the plan. Something I've noticed is God will never stop things that are part of his plan. And he was quiet with Judas because Judas is... He had to be a part of the plan for Jesus to die. Now watch this. Peter is saying on one shoulder, don't let anybody kill you. Judas is saying, we're trying to kill you. Peter is saying, don't die. Judas is saying, die. Peter gets called out. Judas doesn't. Because Judas was actually helping the purpose of Jesus. And Peter was fighting it. Anything that fights the purpose of Jesus, he will call it out. For your own good, for your own salvation, and you will recover. And listen to me, Peter, you getting publicly called out in front of your brothers and sisters does not disqualify you from ministry. Y'all hearing me right now? How could I recover from that? Everyone's going to think what? What are they going to think? 
they're going to think you can take correction. Look, if you can't take correction, nobody's going to listen to you. Am I right? You know when you disqualify yourself from leadership in this church, when you can't take leadership? You absolutely disqualify yourself from being a leader whenever you can't take leadership. When you always get offended by leadership, always offended when somebody says that Satan's coming to get you, be careful, I rebuke you, you leave every time. You'll never have authority. You'll never be used by God. You'll never preach Pentecost. You'll never be one of the strong arms of the church because you can't take correction and you can't take a calling out and God will never get to use you. I'm going to tell you, one of the reasons I'm standing here today is because I took it. I could have ran a thousand times that day. I could have been offended over everything, Lori, you know. I could have found a million reasons, Jaden, to say they hurt me. That preacher embarrassed me. That prophet, don't he care about me? I've been there. But I'm going to tell you why I'm here today. It's because I knew that God had a big plan for my life. And he never wanted to hurt me. He never wanted to embarrass me. He wanted to see if I could take it, to see if I could change, to see if I could look inside my heart and get that out of me and grow. And that's why God will use you, because you can take the call. Jesus called out Peter and said, you will deny me three times. But he did not call out Judas. He called out denial, but not betrayal. Listen, this is so important. Because betrayal is unavoidable. But denial is easily avoidable. God doesn't call out things that won't change. Oh, my God. God doesn't waste his time on people that won't change. But when God calls to you, it's because he has confidence that you can change. Hear me, Adam and Eve. It's not too late when you can hear God's call. Listen to me, church family. When God calls, it's not to embarrass you. It's hope. It's grace. It's mercy. It's the love of God reaching out to you. Some things cannot be avoided. But the reason why Jesus got so in Peter's face is because denying is something we don't have to do. There's hope for you. He warned him and said, don't do it. But you will do it. Three times. Hold on. There was hope for Peter. God only gives instruction and warning and prophecy to those there's hope for after it's over. He'll warn. He'll give you a call right in front of everybody if he has to. But he's doing it because he wants to bless you, not embarrass you. Yeah. So Peter is used to getting called out. I dare say he's probably one of the most called out disciples out of the whole bunch. I think he kind of got used to always been corrected by Jesus. No wonder he says this in Acts 2.38. Repent, let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for mission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. You see, the calling got in his spirit. 1 Peter 2 and 9, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. This is Peter who understood the blessing of being called out, who is now writing a whole lot in Scripture about getting called out because the man who took the most calling out is the man who does the most. Calling out. God is reaching right now for someone in this room to call you out. And I'm going to tell you what shifts when you let God call you out. You get a ministry that you've never had before. When God begins to call you out of uncomfortableness and all your little box of safety and you endure it, 
God anoints you to reach others like never before. It is the will of God for us to resurrect this concept of getting out there and speaking life to dead things, to calling to hidden things, to declaring there's hope to those who are lost, declaring there's a way out of those who are stuck. It is the will of God for us not to sit back and accept defeat, but to stand up and be bold in the last days and declare that God is still reaching for people in the hour that we're living in. No matter where you are, He's calling. He's calling everywhere. He's calling to everybody. Look what Peter says. He says he's calling out. He's calling out people of darkness into marvelous light. I say today it's time to unlock the call again in 2024 because the call of God is the confidence of God. The call is an open invitation to leave the pain, to leave the suffering, to leave the loneliness, to leave the depression behind. The call is the key to chain breaking this year. God wants to resurrect callings again. But can you take it? Can you survive it? Can you handle it? Because if you can't handle it when you're singled out, you will not have a blessed anointing life of ministry and favor on your, on your family. God, help us stop being so sensitive. And really, we're selfish is what it is. We're not sensitive. We're selfish. And a selfish spirit is always complaining about the way people treat us. You're selfish. If you're sensitive, it's because you're selfish. That's the truth. Man, when I, when I am sensitive to, let's just say my wife says something I don't like, it's because I'm being selfish. Maybe I didn't get to eat during the winter storm. I'm just trying to save my marriage tomorrow. That's all. But, but I've noticed that when I'm being selfish, I'm being sensitive. God help us not be so. When you're hungry for God, you don't care when you get called out. When you know that fishing is not the life for me, Matthew, I've done fishing all my life and I'm sick of it. I wish to God a prophet would call me out. I've done everything. I've tried money. I've tried the world. I've tried sin. Is this all there is? I'm looking for a way out of this life. I'm going to tell you right now, Brother Dale, when we go out there and we call the people, only the people that aren't ready are going to be mad at us. It's not our fault. It was their lack of hunger. And they're going to blame it on us and say, I can't believe you embarrassed me. That's what you say when you're not ready. But we still have to call. God's calling. I'm calling. And it's embarrassing. And it's tough. But it's the confidence of God that he loves you. He cares for you. And so I want there to be peace in our church. I want there to be peace for us to be able to deal with controversial things. I want there to be peace for us to be able to reach in and let God talk to us. I want there to be peace for God to be able to let us be singled out. Because whoever can be hand, who handle the most of the call and the singling out and the correction is the one who's going to do the greatest things for the kingdom of God. And there is a mighty pattern there I want unlocked in our church. Because sensitive people will not reach this city. Easily offended people will not have a ministry. I'm going to say easily offended people won't have a marriage. You can't take care of your kids if easily offended. You can't work a job in this. You can't even work a job anymore if easily offended. Everybody is so difficult to work with the day we're living in. We have got to conquer this. This is the hour for our church. God is, here's what I feel. God is calling ministers like never before. Let's close our eyes for a minute. God is calling people to the kingdom to rise up in ministry like men and women. God is calling like never before. And I'm telling you, fear not the call of God. Fear not the correction. God will only speak to those he trusts will have a great future. God will only reach out and even embarrass you sometimes to those he believes in the most. If you have a mighty desire and hunger to be used by God, I'm telling you, God will draw to you. And sometimes he'll call your name. And sometimes he'll tell you things you don't want to hear but you, want, but you need to hear. 
I'm telling you, if there's anybody hungry right now for the things of God, if you're hungry for the things of God, it draws prophetic into the room. It draws a word from God. It draws the calling of God. When I was young, I was 15, I felt a draw to the call of God. At 15, I was in the altar of my church, and I saw the gifts of the Spirit, and I could see angels, and I was like, God, I want that. I want that. And that's when God reached down and called me. And I was scared, but I was also excited because I knew I wanted more. Anybody want more today in this place? God's going to start to call to you. Anybody want more in this place? God's going to start to embarrass you more. And it's going to be good for you. It's going to be good. It's going to be right in front of your friends. It's going to be right in front of your friends. It's going to be good for you. Look, if you can take embarrassment in front of your friends, you can lead your friends. I don't feel like a powerful man when I'm talking to my pastor and he gives me some advice for, my, for me and my, my family and my life. Sometimes the thought crosses my mind, what will my wife think about me if I have to have the help of another man? Why can't I just do it by myself? I want to tell you, that's a lie from the devil. Because you lose nothing in submission to godly authority. You lose nothing. Your reputation only grows in the eyes of your followers when you can be embarrassed in front of them. I'm telling you, we're going to break this spirit. There's a, few, there's a few people in our church, you've got a really macho spirit. There's a few men in our church right now You've got yourself a spirit that you can't be corrected, and quite frankly, we don't even want to talk to you because you're on the border of being Judas. And why would I talk to someone that's just got murder in their heart and nothing you can do to change their mind? You need to snap out of it this year. In the name of Jesus, you need to become more humble and hungry so we're not afraid to talk to you. find myself spending most of my time with hungry people, but I hurt for people who are not hungry, and I'm burdened for people who are cold and disconnected, and I wish to God I could feel in them a hunger for more, because then that call would begin to flow, and that call would come out. No man can come to God unless the Spirit draws him. That calling, I want it to unlock and leash today, but it's not maybe for everybody. It's going to be according to your desire. The call of God's going to be according to your hunger. And even young people right now, you may feel a drawing to God. You may be feeling a ministry calling. If you feel that and you tap into it, I'm telling you, ministry will come to you and God will send a call to you and God will equip you. But God is calling people right now. There's a dad here right now. There's a mom here right now. You're thinking, I can't do this. People look up to me. How could I, how could I take correction? How could I let, let someone tell me I'm not right? What will they do? They'll disrespect me. It's a lie. It's a lie. We're so afraid of letting the Lord talk to us. And all it's doing is hurting our families, hurting our anointing, hurting our future, hurting our ministries. God, bring back a spirit in the church that says, you can call me right now. I'm ready, God. Look how blessed Abram was whenever God called him. Look how blessed David was when God called him. Look how blessed we are when we let God pick us out of the crowd, single us out, put the spotlight on us, and we're thinking, everybody's looking. Who cares what they think? I desire the Lord and Him alone am I concerned about. Thank you, Father. Can we just lift our hands and pray for a few moments today as the Lord is leading this service and God is talking to our hearts. God, call to us, Jesus, call to us, Lord. Oh, there's great ministers being raised up in this hour. Our church, God's producing wonderful evangelists. I believe there's going to be some prophets in our church that God uses to travel and preach. I feel it so strong. I, you know what you should be praying right now is, God, I want to have such a hunger for you that you can tell me anything, that you can test me.
that you can, you can say whatever. I want to have such a desire for you that I premeditated am able to handle anything you say to me so that I can carry the weight of anointing and I can be a blessing to others. Call me out so I can call others out. If you can't get called out, how are you going to help your family? If you can't get called out, how are you going to help your coworkers? If I can't take it, how can I give to somebody else? Is there a Moses in the room right now that you want to say, call me out of my comfort zone and use me, God, to help others who are broken and bound? I'm open, God. Say whatever you want to say. I truly have a desire to be used by you, God. God, whoever in this room right now is saying yes to you, I want you to give them a double portion of your anointing and power. Whoever in this place right now, God, is committing their life to you right now, I want you to flow inside their life in the name of Jesus. I pray, God, a great and mighty power will flow. Let men today not have too much pride. They can't humble themselves and bow their knee down and say, I can take it. I want it. I'm not so big and prideful. I'm not so macho that I can't have the Lord reach down and call me out. I'm not going to have anger. I'm not going to be mad. I'm going to receive the help of God. This year is a year of calling to our city. This year is a year of reaching out into the broken lives. But we are the people who are called out so that we can call out in the name of Jesus. That's it. Call us out, Father. Call us out. Call us out. Yeah, I feel it now. I feel it. God's Spirit's working. That's it, my brothers. Call me out, Jesus. Woo! Come on, once you release the Lord, he, don't, let, don't let the Lord be weary of you. Come on, we don't have any Judases in this place. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. There's no Judases here. There's a bunch of Simon Peters right now. And we say yes. And we say, say it. Send me. Whatever you got for me, God. Shake me. Rattle me, God. Talk to me in my dreams. Talk to me, Lord. Bless our men right now. Bless our women right now. In the name of Jesus, 